Smith and welcome to Lake Galilee Baptist Church. We're thankful for another opportunity to share the Word of God. We're in the book of 1 Peter. We're spending time in 1 Peter as it speaks to us concerning our commitment and our relationship unto the Lord. Uh, one of the great needs in our Christian churches and in our individual lives is to uh, get serious with the Lord and to have a relationship with Him and to walk with Him, come what may, and to become rooted and grounded in the Word of God and to give God our full allegiance, not to shift, not to change, not to compromise based upon whom we're speaking with or what we're dealing with. And that's what James and Peter speaks to us concerning. Both books speak to us concerning Christian growth and Christian maturity and Christian development. I thank God that God is a God who keeps his word. Promise made is a promise kept when we talk about God. Note the text. Here we are in 1 Peter. 1 Peter and chapter 1. Let's pick up in verse 24. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass wither, and the flower thereof fall away. But the word of the Lord endure forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. The word of the Lord endure forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People will change. People will lie. People will shift. People will compromise. But God never compromises. What he says is good for all of eternity. We know based upon our research that there are 31,102 verses in the Holy Bible. We also know that there are 8,810 promises and there are 7,487 promises made by God to mankind and God in his holiness, in his sovereignty is able to keep absolutely every promise that he has made. Politicians will say one thing one day and say something else another day. Family members, friends, foe, co-workers, employers, etc. will do the same. But when we come to God, when we look to God, when we look in the word of God, every promise that God has made, shall never shift, never change, never die, never fade. Therefore, beloved, may we stand upon the rock that certainly is a sure foundation, that being the word of God. We ask today in this day of, of shifting, this day of immorality and corruption, uh, who can we trust? We can trust God. We can trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and note something as we consider this great passage again. I, I love this verse. I want to read it again. First Peter chapter 1 verses 24 through 25. For all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass wither and the flower thereof 
fall away. But the word of the Lord endure forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Let's look at some of these promises that God has made that is a sure foundation. Never shift, never change, never can become altered, erased, disappear, etc., etc. Number one, the fact that God has made a promise to save. Perhaps the most famous verse in the Bible is John 3.16. We see it everywhere. And what a great verse, as it speaks to us that God has given you and I the promise to save our soul from the path of going to hell and to accept us and receive us and in his time call us to himself, to heaven. That great verse, St. John chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Well, certainly that ties into Romans chapter 10, verse 9, 10, and 13. That if I would confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That in order to go to heaven at the appointed time, when we make our transition from this world, I must believe who Jesus is, that he's God. I must believe what he has done. He died on that old rugged cross, was placed into the grave and rose again the third day from the dead. And then to personally invite him to come into my heart and save my soul. Beloved, that is Bible salvation and God promise to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Promise made from a holy God. It will be a promise kept. Thank you, Lord. We're anchored in God. We're secure in God. Our confidence is in God, not in men, not in women, not in people, not in politicians, not in attorneys, not in doctors. Our confidence is in the Lord. He never shift. He never change. He never lies. He never alter what he has said. He is solid. He is secure. I want to encourage you to become anchored in the word of God. That's why we do this uh, many days throughout the week. Uh, my calling is to preach, to teach, to serve, to pastor. Why? Uh, to share the word of God, to get the word to the people. What is it that I need? I need the word of God, all of humanity. We need the word of God, not just church, not just attending church and being preached happy and sung happy, etc., but to come to worship the Lord and to hear the word of God, because God's word will never fade. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm standing on the word of God. Don't want to shift. Don't want to change. Don't want to compromise. Not going to allow people to uh, tell me uh, that it's wrong, but to stick with the truth of God's word. Amen. And then there is the promise that God has given us as we think of the fact that the Lord says he will keep us as children. As we think of this great passage here in Romans 
Romans in chapter 8, as we consider verse 35 through 39, were kept, were kept by the power of God, were kept by the promise of God, the holiness of God, that once we become saved, uh, we cannot become separated from him as it relates to sonship. We may become separated as it relates to our relationship because we sin. And when we sin, we are no longer in fellowship with God, but we're still children of God. And the Lord says he will deal with us if necessary to, to chasten us, to whoop us, to bring us back to him as it relates to uh, relationship. People are going through things right now and don't have a clue as to why. Could it be the chastening of the Lord? The Lord says, you're mine. I bought you with the price, the precious blood of Christ, and you will not honor me. You're playing with me. You're playing church, etc. You look the part, but you're not the part. And God says, I'm sincere and I'm serious about about consecration and sanctification. Therefore, I'm going to work those events in your life to bring you back to me. And normally it's pain. Normally it's disturbance, disappointment, etc., etc. But we do not lose our salvation. There are a good 10 verses in the New Testament that reveal once save, always save. One of them we find right here in the book of Romans, Romans and chapter 8, as we pick up now in verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword? As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Verse 38. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature. Note this. Shall be able. I love that shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Beloved, we can stand on that promise. Once saved, always saved. We are kept. We are secure. Heaven is our home. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8 says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And we say, thank you, Lord. Well, we have the promise. Another promise we have is while we're here on planet Earth and we're enhoused in this flesh, that God will give us the victory over our sin. When we think about salvation, salvation means deliverance, and we are delivered not only from going to hell, but we're delivered from the power of sin within our life. If I want it, that's the thing. If I want it, there are believers who are happy uh, uh, doing the wrong thing. They're, they're carnal, the Bible would call them carnal or worldly. And uh, the Lord says, well, if that's your desire, if that's your plan, if that's your goal, uh, don't expect uh, my peace of God, which surpass all understanding. And do not expect uh, the joy of the Lord, which will be your strength. Do not expect uh, answer to prayer because you refuse uh, to walk with me. Do not expect to grow in my favor, in my grace. Do not expect me to dispatch angels to protect you and set watch over you doing unseen danger. Do not expect me to speak to you and to know uh, your purpose and your plan and, and the gift or spiritual gifts that I have given you. When I decide 
to continue on as I was before salvation and not to link up with the Lordship of Christ. One, you want to check to see if you have sincerely accepted the Lord. And two, but we understand we are still creatures of choice. And in 1 Corinthians, we see a carnal church and we see many world, worldly abominable deeds done in 1 Corinthians. And yet they were still blood washed, still saved, still born again. But they have robbed themselves and we rob ourselves. We rob ourselves when we choose not to walk with the Lord. His plan is far better than any plan this world can give. And we know we have an ancient foe, the devil, and he is relentless. He knows where we are. He knows our weakness. And he will tempt us to do the wrong thing. He's definitely on his job. But if I want to be an overcomer, what a great text here. We find in Romans, Romans chapter 6, God said, I will give you the victory, even over yourself. The victory over your will, your ways, your habit, your thinking, your philosophy, your ideology, your ideology, your psychology, etc., etc. Note the text as we consider this great verse, Romans, Romans and chapter 6. Let's begin in verse 11. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Verse 12, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. God can help us. Verse 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Verse 16, know you not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Obedience unto righteousness. The Lord says, I know what you're going through. I know what you're problems are. I know about your several diverse addictions, and I know how long you have been enslaved to the poison. But the Lord says, if you would just come to me and listen to me and walk with me and speak to me and pray to me and sincerely worship me, God says, I'm going to show you how to let it go. And many, I've met many who have had victory over certain abominable habits that were hurting them and killing them and destroying their life, destroying their families, and they testify and they give praise and honor to God because when they got serious with the Lord, got serious with the word of God and didn't just want to attend church to look pious and to say amen at the right time, etc., etc., but they were for real about God and God had delivered them from alcoholism, delivered them from cocaine, delivered them from you name it, God keeps his word. He keeps 
his word. What a mighty God we serve. And then we think about the power of prayer. The Lord, he's given us the privilege to come to him and to pray. And he tells us he's able to hear and answer our prayers. I want to give you a verse on that great truth as we consider the book of Philippians. Philippians, I want you to know these verses. Know them like you know your name. They are our lifeline in the word of God. Philippians, Philippians chapter 4, here we find Paul is in the dungeon. Paul is in prison, and he writes on the subject of joy. He's in prison. He's beaten, not because of a crime he committed. Simply was about his father's business. And I tell you, in this world, when you take a stand for Jesus Christ, you will find yourself in trouble. And sometimes you'd be surprised with whom you're in trouble with. Not necessarily the stranger, but it could very well be the person you've known for these many years who do not want to do what you're doing, such as seeking to live right and to live for the Lord and to live morally and ethically, et cetera, et cetera. But thank God, in spite of, the Lord is able to still meet us with his peace, meet us with his joy, meet us with answer to prayer. Note the text here we are, Philippians. Philippians chapter 4, as we pick up now in verse 6, be careful for nothing. A better rendering of this term, in the King James Version, we see the word careful. A better rendering of this term is to worry. It says worry for nothing, not the easiest thing to do. We have many concerns, and certainly they're legitimate. We're concerned about our family, concerned about our children, concerned about our elderly parents, etc., etc. But the Lord says uh, to give it to him. I cannot handle it in my finite uh, my ability. I cannot handle it. I'm too weak to handle it. It will hurt me. It will destroy me. It will aid in my demise, in my illness, etc., etc. Verse 6. Worry for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. And let your requests be made known unto God. Verse 7. And the peace of God, which pass all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. God has given us a promise that we can talk to him about it. Acts, and you shall receive. And then there's the great verse, Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above that which we ask or think, according to the power that worketh within us. We think of that power. We think of the indwelling Holy Spirit who also prays on our behalf with groanings that we cannot utter. Also, we think of the significance of the power of prayer. But the fact of the matter is God says he will keep his promise if it be his will. He does all things well from the standpoint of prayer. Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says wait. But when he says no, that's an answer. When he says wait, that too is an answer. And he does all things well. But know that we could stand on his precious promise. He'll give us wisdom. He'll give us guidance. He'll give us discretion. I think of the passage in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs and chapter 3, and verses 5 and 6, how familiar that is to Bible readers. We know that very well. Uh, and the text says here in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct thy path. The Lord says, I want to deliver you even from you. Again, when we talk about salvation, salvation means I'm delivered from paying the penalty of sin. I'm also delivered from the power of sin. I'm also delivered from the person who sins. I need deliverance for me. And the Lord says, I'm going to give you discretion. 
going to give you insight, going to give you wisdom, going to give you knowledge. And he says here, what will it do for me? Verse 7, be not wise in thy own eyes, fear the Lord and depart from evil. Sometimes the evil is in listening to my own philosophy, my own opinion, my own thoughts, my own psychology, etc., etc. But if I would abandon even my will and my ways, note the text here in verse 8. Let me read verse 7 again. Be not wise in thy own eyes. Fear the Lord, honor the Lord, reverence the Lord, and depart from evil. Note there, verse 8. It shall be health to thy navel, better rendering of the term in the Hebrew here, it shall be health to thy nerves, and marrow or strength to thy bones. Verse 9, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Verse 10, so shalt thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy press shall burst out with new wine. Well, I wanted to emphasize verses 5 and 6, to trust in the Lord. With all thine heart, lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct thy path. God promised he'll give us wisdom. Knowledge is a collection of facts. Wisdom is the right use of the knowledge. And then there's something called discernment and discretion. It all comes from the Lord. And the Lord is a promise keeper. He will keep all of his promises that he has given to us. He will direct our path. We think of St. John 16, 13, the Holy Spirit. We receive him at the moment of salvation. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, at the moment of salvation, God in the person of the Holy Spirit indwells the believer. We believe in one God who eternally exists in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They're co-equal and they're co-eternal, co-sovereign, co-omnipotent, omniscious, omnipresent, etc. The Holy Spirit he indwells you and I. We see that in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, we are sealed with him until the day of redemption. The day of redemption is when we make our transition home. He has many ministries to fulfill within our life, one of them being to be our guide. There are times when we are perplexed. We don't know what to do. The Lord says, if you look to me, call upon me, trust in me, I will speak to your heart. I will give you wisdom, I will give you discretion, I will give you insight, and my spirit will order your steps. Note the text, I want you to see that. St. John, St. John chapter 16. St. John chapter 16, what a great verse. And I love this verse, and I tell you, I need this verse. I need this verse in the service that I render, in the work that I do, I need this verse. Note the text, and you need it too. If we're going to live for the Lord and do his bidding and be in his will, note that to be in God's will. Too often people want us in their will. Too often people are quick to say, well, if you ask me, well, no, I'm not. I'm not asking you. And they'll just volunteer their, their poison. Or people will say, well, if it were me, well, it's not you. Or, you know, or they'll say, well, if you ask me, I'm not asking you. There's so many times people think you're supposed to listen to them. The Lord says, listen to him. And note the text. I want you to see this. Uh, St. John 16, verse 13. Now you see why I'm always in trouble. Because I, I don't play with this word. And I'm afraid of no one. I'm going to speak the truth. I'm going to speak the word of God. I believe in it. And I want to do the right thing. Note the text here in St. John chapter 16, and verse 13. How be it when he, 
The spirit of truth has come. He will guide you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God gives a promise. I'm going to guide you, my child. I know there are going to be moments when you're at the crossroad of making the decision. Should I go right? Should I go left? Maybe it's a time to be still and talk to the Lord. To be still and wait on the Lord. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. And whatever it is the Lord would have you to do, you will know that it's from him and not the imposter, the devil. Because note the next verse, it says, verse 14, he shall glorify Jesus. Holy Spirit is not going to tell you to do something that is sinful, that is abominable. The Holy Spirit is not going to have you to compromise that which is divine, that which is truth. And there are times when people have good intentions and they're very close to you. You love them dearly. In their humanity and sincerity, they can tell you something that the Lord never wanted you to do. And so may you and I make up our mind, make up our mind. I want to encourage you to pick up your cross daily and get serious with this Bible. He is the one to follow. Thank God. I'm closing as we come back to 1 Peter, 1 Peter and chapter 1. We're spending time in 1 Peter. And what a great truth. Promise made, promise kept. We're looking to the hills from which cometh our strength and our help. Our help comes from the Lord. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. We can boldly say God is our helper. We fear not what man will do. We can do without some things. And we can even do without some people. We cannot do without the Lord. And if I would just choose to take him serious. And to do my best to walk with him, you'd be glad you did for eternity. I haven't met one person, I haven't read one testimony from any missionary who said, I've left the comfort of these United States. Disappointed mother, disappointed father, took the wife, took the grandkids, and I obeyed God. And God met me at every turn. At every obstacle, at every trial, at every problem. I didn't know the way, but I knew the God who is the way maker. Beloved, may we look to the Lord. May our trust and confidence not be in the politician, but in the mighty risen Savior. Note the text. What a great verse. First Peter, first Peter, chapter one, verse 24, for all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of grass, the grass wither and the flower thereof fall away. But the word of the Lord endure forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached 
unto you. If you're going to be anchored in anything, if you're going to stand on anything, stand on the sure, absolute, unquenchable, unmovable foundation of the inspired, inerrant, infallible word of God. All 31,102 verses. God will make a promise. And in his holiness, he will keep it. Amen. I thank you.